from St. Louis Public Radio. This is St. Louis on the Air. A camper about four years ago who's a transgendered uh, kid um, who was not really allowed to go to a couple of other camps that they applied to go to. Mm-hmm. Um, his family reached out to us and um, wanted to uh, you know, send their kid to camp. I'm not sure that you can have too many <laughs> affirming uh, experiences, um, especially when you're a child, especially um, you know, and as you're entering adolescence. Since December, when we went live with this uh, program, um, I've been contacted by hundreds of parents. Like you said, we've got 90 kids signed up just over the last couple of months. I've got about 50 parents on our waiting list. Wow. We've had about 75 people reach out wanting to work at the camp and participate. I'm Sarah Fenske. A new sleepaway camp debuts this year in Maconda, Illinois. That's near Carbondale. The founders of Camp Indigo Point want to create a place where LGBTQ youth can build intentional community with each other. They expected to hear from 15 or so campers. Well, instead, they have 90 kids coming from all over the country and a waiting list. And today, we're joined by the founder of this camp. That's Dan Grable. He's also the founder of Camp Manitowa um, and part of this Camp Indigo Point that will kick off this summer. Dan, welcome. Sarah, thanks so much. I really appreciate the opportunity to uh, be on the show and uh, talk about Camp Indigo Point. So, yeah, I'm curious about how this got started. What made you realize that there was a need for a camp for LGBTQ youth? Sure. Well, I think it kind of goes back to uh, the founding of Camp Manitoba and um, my uh, good buddy and business partner, uh, Andy Brown, and I's love for camp in general. Um, We've been working together running camps uh, really since the early 90s. Um, and uh, so we've spent really our career um, running camps and seeing kids grow up over the years, uh, coming to camp as kids and growing up into uh, college students and adults. Um, so about 10 years ago in 2010, we decided we wanted to try and start our own camp. So we bought a property uh, in Benton, Illinois, and started Camp Manitoba. Um, we have since taken over a second property uh, in Macanda, um, a camp called Camp Cedar Point, um, which now is Camp Manitoba Cedar Point. Uh, so for the last uh, number of years, we've run um, about 10 weeks of summer camp every summer. Um, in addition to that, we have um, run a lot of retreats in the fall and the spring. Um, so we've hosted a whole lot of different groups um, throughout the course of our uh, business life. Um, one of those groups uh, is a group called Transparent, a woman named Lisa Spar. Um, started a group uh, for um, families with transgender children. So we have hosted her group and she has participated in some of our activities. So that experience, along with um, a camper about four years ago, who's a transgendered uh, kid um, who was not really allowed to go to a couple of other camps that they applied to go to, mm-hmm. um, his family reached out to us and um, wanted to uh, you know, send their kid to camp. So. Um, you know, our philosophy has always been <clears throat> running camps uh, to have an inclusive and welcoming environment. And so uh, this kid came to camp, had a wonderful experience. Um, we, we are hiring him to be a counselor this summer. Um, so, you know, those two experiences um, and conversations with uh, 
the families of Transparent really um, kind of let us know the need for something more, uh, you know, a, a full-on week-long camp experience for uh, LGBTQ youth. And that's uh, kind of how we had the idea to, uh, to start this program. So it seems like an idea based on the waiting list you've got for this. This idea's time has come. People are just chomping at the bit to get their kids signed up for this. As you surveyed the landscape, are you seeing a lot of places across the U.S. Uh, trying to do this kind of thing, something that's not just inclusive, but specifically designed to serve these kids? You know, since we decided to, to do this in uh, mid-December, um, I've learned of a couple of other camps, uh, more so on the coasts. There's one camp in the East Coast that I've learned about, another camp in California that serves LGBTQ kids. Um, but really from the response from parents, they have not really found anything in the Midwest. Um, so like I said, since December when we went live with this uh, program, um, I've been contacted by hundreds of parents. Like you said, we've got 90 kids signed up just over the last couple of months. I've got about 50 parents on our waiting list. Wow. We've had about 75 people reach out wanting to work at the camp and participate. Um, and we have campers from 19 states that are all signed up, which, uh, you know, really blew us away. We were, um, you know, like, like you said, we were hoping for maybe 15 or 20 kids to sign up for this first year. Um, but we have really been blown away by the response from uh, not only, uh, you know, the St. Louis community, uh, but really nationwide. Wow. So that's, man, that's quite a waiting list. Clearly, people are excited <laughs> about having this in the Midwest. We actually talked to a parent uh, who plans to send their kids there. Uh, Adelaide Lancaster lives near Ann Arbor, Michigan. She and her family used to live in St. Louis. She heard about Camp Indigo Point uh, through Shira Berkowitz, who works with Promo. That's a Missouri nonprofit that advocates for LGBTQ people. Um, and Adelaide thought this just sounded like a great idea. I think this kind of opportunity is so critical um, for my kids and other children like them. Um, I am not sure that you can have too many <laughs> affirming uh, experiences, um, especially when you're a child, especially um, you know, and as you're entering adolescence, and especially in this um, environment, and how many attacks are. Um, really being levied against these kids and these families. So to be able to consistently um, uh, give them an opportunity to be with other kids uh, like them and to be in an uh, environment that is uh, not just accepting and um, supportive, but really uh, celebratory is uh, phenomenal. I feel like just even though it's only one week, um, I really feel like the amount that they can uh, gain from this experience is something that I would help, hope um, would kind of buoy them, uh, you know, in the years ahead. And that is Adelaide Lancaster. Again, she lives near Ann Arbor, um, but is very excited about this camp, is going to be sending her kids. She said that sending her children to the camp felt like a no-brainer. We had never heard of a camp like Camp Indigo Point before, and we actually weren't even really in the market for a sleepaway camp um, per se. Um, it had been um, something that had been on my mind um, for my kids kind of down the line, uh, but I, I think a lot goes into, you know, knowing whether a camp is a good fit for your family or for your kids and a safe space for, um, uh, for your kids. But uh, you know, as soon as we learned about this opportunity, it really uh, took a lot of concerns that we may have had 
um, you know, really off the table. And it was easy because we knew of the leaders and um, knew the work that they were doing to get excited about it right away. And that, again, is Adelaide Lancaster, who will be sending her children. Now, Adelaide's daughter, Eloise, is 11. This will be her first time going to summer camp, and Eloise is really excited to be around other kids like her. Just getting to be in a space with so many other kids like me, and right now it feels like, uh, especially because of, like, the Don't Say Gay Lie in Florida, and there are a lot of other things that are happening. So it feels like uh, safe and affirming faces are really important right now. And that, again, is Eloise, who will be going to this camp. Um, my understanding, I believe that we may have lost our guest. Um, that is Dan Grable. He was there on the line. I think there's some sort of interruption. We're working to get him back. In the meantime, if you're just tuning in, we're talking about Camp Indigo Point. Uh, that's opening in an area near Carbondale, Illinois. It might be uh, the first Midwestern camp uh, for people dealing with uh, p- uh, kids who are LGBTQ. And, Dan, I understand you are back with us now. I'm back. Sorry about that, Sarah. <laughs> no problem. We're, I'm very excited to hear your voice again. Um, so <laughs> while we lost that connection there, we heard from Eloise, who's going to be a camper this summer. And it was interesting to hear Eloise. Uh, Eloise's younger brother is coming to this, too. I'm wondering how you handle that whole sibling thing. Is this open to allies? Are you trying to, to limit it just to LGBTQ kids? You know, we're never going to turn kids away, so we do have a few allies that are coming, but I think, um, you know, that family really um, shared what I've heard from dozens of, of different families in terms of wanting a safe space for uh, for the LGBTQ kids um, and just where kids can come in and feel comfortable with who they are, comfortable with the fact that they'll be around other kids uh, like them who share similar experiences, maybe share a lot of similar challenges. Um, so yes, you know, we do have a couple of allies and a couple of siblings. We always kind of joke that, um, you know, sometimes siblings who don't get along so well at home, they, uh, you know, get along pretty well at camp, uh, <laughs> just cause it's a, it's a special place. But maybe um, a chance to reset so. the sibling relationship. Exactly. Reset it at camp. <laughs> well, so look, I mean, you have a huge undertaking in front of you and I understand from your background, you're used to running camps and you've even set up camps, but trying to put something together like this, you know, kind of a one week only thing, you got to find counselors, you got to get everything, you know, set up. I mean, how stressed are you right now? You know, I'm always a bit stressed, but it's always very exciting uh, to put camp together. Um, This camp in particular will be the first time in my career where I will not have met any of the counselors nor any of the campers. So that is, uh, you know, while it's daunting, it's super exciting to know that, you know, we're pulling together all these people for the very first time. Um, We have interviewed about gosh, about 65 to 70 people, um, and they are all amazing people. Um, So our staff is going to be really wonderful. These folks are, um, you know, PhD students, master's students. Uh, There's a couple of college professors, uh, professionals in the the LGBTQ community. Um, So it's some really qualified, cool people um, who have camp experience themselves. So I think they will, you know, really act as uh, some pretty great role models and mentors for the campers. Um, and, uh, so yeah, we're really excited about the group of, uh, adults who are going to be, uh, 
be running the the camp with us. Boy, you know, we hear so much about how there's an employee shortage. People just can't find uh, the people that they need. And here you've got PhDs (laughs) coming in uh, wanting to serve at this camp. How did you go about finding people and connecting with this network of, of LGBTQ counselors? You know, it's been really interesting. Um, we have a Facebook page and a website that we put up in December. And um, I think just with the magic of social media, um, it has really spread across the country. And most everybody that has reached out has either, um, you know, found the Facebook page in their feed or have, has been told by somebody else to check this camp out. So we really didn't do a whole lot of outreach. Uh, it's all kind of happened organically. Mm. Um, and uh, so, yeah, it's been really interesting. Because, um, yeah, you know, there is a worker shortage, I guess. But I think we've learned that camp is uh, just a unique job that a lot of uh, young people like. It's a lot of fun. It's an amazing experience to uh, work with young people and have a you know significant impact, not only on their camp experience during that summer, but really, um, you know, as these kids grow up, I think they look to camp as uh, something that's had a great impact on them, helped them um, kind of grow in confidence and independence, and they've made friends really easily. And I think being a counselor uh, is just a really rewarding uh, opportunity for, uh, for people to have. And, and you're going to be doing this in southern Illinois. I think probably a lot of people don't necessarily think of that as, as sort of a hotbed for inclusivity, the way that maybe like a, a blue city in the Midwest like St. Louis might have more of a reputation for that. Have you gotten support from the community? People are, are um, welcoming to this camp? We have, absolutely. I think um, Camp Manitoba, um, having been around for you know the last 11 years, we've got uh, I would hope some good name recognition in Southern Illinois. People know that we run a good camp. Um, we uh, have reached out to the Southern Illinois community uh, for our regular summer camp. So, um, you know, I think people know about us and uh, they really appreciate what we're doing. And we've certainly gotten some great feedback from uh, from local folks down there who know us and know what we do uh, about Camp Indigo Point. So that's been really encouraging and, um, you know, makes us feel pretty good that we, uh, we're doing something right. Hmm. So one other thing that it sounds like you're doing right, I understand you have some scholarships available. Um, camp is obviously not inexpensive. Why was it important to you to make that a piece of what you're doing? You know, I think Andy and our approach has always been to, um, you know, offer camp to, to everybody. We have, um, obviously, we're a business, we're trying to survive and, and make a couple of bucks, but I think our whole mission and, and vision of operating a camp is to get kids to come to camp. So, um, you know, we've always had scholarships available for folks uh, for Camp Manitoba, and we really felt it was important to not turn anybody away uh, at Camp Indigo Point. Um, so we have uh, partnered up with uh, Central Reform Congregation and Rabbi Daniel Bogard, um, and they've... Uh, been able to raise some money for scholarships, but you know, we um, cut our full tuition price in half off the bat, and then we've offered anybody that asks um, for scholarship uh, funding for the rest of that tuition, um, you know, we, we just give it to them. We really, you know, don't need to uh, go any further. We just uh, really want kids to have the opportunity to come. So mm-hmm. I think, um, you know, it's, uh, it's important to us. So, Dan, one last thing I wanted to ask about today, just in our final minute here, um, there's clearly an underserved market here based on how fast word got out about this, how long your waiting list is. Do you hope this inspires other people to create similar spaces for LGBTQ youth that they might see, hey, this is actually a really good business opportunity? 
Oh, absolutely. Um, and, you know, I think being as surprised as we were with the, uh, the response, we certainly intend to um, obviously run this week of camp this summer, as well as expand to offer uh, reunions over the year back at camp. Uh, we'd love to have meetups in um, different cities that kids are coming from. We will certainly offer more weeks of camp uh, at our camp next summer. Um, and uh, we definitely see the opportunity to, um, you know, expand uh, at possibly some other facilities around the country uh, in the future. Because you're right, there really has been um, a demand and a need that we've discovered. Um, so, yeah, anybody else that wants to give it a shot, we would certainly uh, encourage that. Well, Dan Grable, thank you so much for joining us today. Appreciate it, Sarah. Thank you. And Dan is the founder of Camp Manitoba, a longstanding camp there in Illinois. Also the founder of Camp Indigo Point that debuts this summer. This is St. Louis on the Air on St. Louis Public Radio. This episode was produced by Jane Mather Glass with audio engineering and podcast design by Aaron Dorr. Our executive producer is Alex Hoyer. St. Louis on the Air is a production of St. Louis Public Radio. Understanding starts here. Do you find yourself regularly listening to episodes of St. Louis on the Air? Suggest us to a friend you think might enjoy our conversations. And leave us a review and rating on Apple Podcasts on the App Store. It's the simplest way to help people discover our show. Thanks. St. Louis Public Radio is a member-supported service of the University of Missouri-St. Louis. Support comes from Missouri Forest Products Association, committed to sustainable and sound conservation of the state's forests, which support more than 41,000 Missouri jobs, resulting in a $10 billion industry. Choosewood.com.